Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Well, hello, all you amazing moms. I am excited to be here with you again today. And I wanted to share a really, really cool thought that I heard this weekend. I was at Sally Clarkson's Mom Heart Conference, which is amazing. And if you get to go next year, I, you know, just put it on your calendar. The one in Dallas where I went is usually sometime around Valentine's Day. And uh, put it on your calendar. It's an amazing, encouraging, inspiring time. There were over 800 moms at this conference. So there was just, it was just amazing. So but one, there was one particular nugget that stood out to me that really has impacted the way I look at how I mother and the, I guess the attitude that I have towards it. So maybe you're not like me. Maybe you're really great and awesome and not selfish. But if you are like me, sometimes when it comes to motherhood, we think of our children as little reflections of ourselves. And yes, in a sense, they are. But too often, I let how my kids act um, determine my mood. I care too much about their choices, thinking that it reflects on the job that I've done as a mother. And in some sense, yes, it does. But ultimately, I think I'm going to mother so much better if I take a step back and have more of a compassionate heart towards my child than a controlling heart towards my child. At the Mom Heart Conference, one of the keynote speakers was an amazing lady named Crystal Evans Hurst, and she recently wrote a book with her dad called Kingdom Woman, and she's honestly one of the best speakers I think I've ever heard. She is just really clear and concise and powerful and has great stories, including this one. Somebody asked her, how do you handle motherhood when your kids make choices that um, are disappointing to you? And Crystal's basic response was, you know, God created Adam and Eve, and he put them in the Garden of Eden. It was the absolute perfect environment. I mean, nothing gets better than the Garden of Eden, and no one is better than God. But Adam and Eve failed, and they made a bad choice. But that doesn't reflect on God. That reflects on them and on their choice. And for me, that fact, that truth, that story really helps me step back from motherhood a little bit and look at my kids with a more compassionate heart. The same person asked her, asked Crystal, you know, how how do we parent teenagers? And one thing that Crystal said was, just to look at them with compassion instead of, you know, getting all caught up in their emotion. And I think this honestly can apply to any age of of a child. Uh, Instead of getting all caught up in their emotion, look at them and say, wow, yeah, that it, it is hard to grow up. It is hard to try to figure out life. What is happening to you is hard. And then approach them with a heart of 
love and wanting to mentor them. But I know, at least for me, too often I just get all caught up in everything too much instead of and thinking that it all um, reflects on me or affects me. But you know, motherhood isn't about me. It's about my children and about me doing the best that I can to introduce them to Jesus. And I don't know, that those stories that Crystal shared just had a huge impact on me, and I hope they have an impact on you, that it just speaks some grace to you so that you can show compassion and love to your children and that you won't feel caught up in every single little thing that they do, but instead you can just truly love on them and share the love of God with them. So that's my little nugget for this week, and um, I have a fabulous guest today. Her name is Brooke McLaughlin, and she wrote a book called Praying for Boys. Now, if you have girls like I do, everything she says totally applies to girls as well. But she has two boys, so her book is called Praying for Boys, and she's going to share some incredible nuggets with you on how we can pray for our kids and not have it just be some little segmented portion of our day, but how it can morph into every aspect of our day, even the really, really hard ones. But before we jump into my interview with Brooke, I wanted to say thanks to a couple of you who have left reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate that because it helps more moms to hear the podcast. And uh, so I want to give a thank you to Carrot, that's K-E-R-I-T, not C-A-R-R-O-T, and to Trina Jean 7 and VW Goins. Thank you for leaving those reviews and sharing the message of Inspired to Action that you are a mom and you are totally totally a big deal. I hope you know that today. I hope that you know that what you're doing today is powerful and that it has an impact on eternity. Yes, the dishes, yes, all the little things that you're doing, that matters because it's creating an environment for your children to grow up and to feel secure and loved and cherished. So let's jump into our chat today with Brooke. Thank you for listening. I I appreciate you and I hope that this episode is powerful for you and has an impact on your life. Here we go. Hey, Brooke, how are you? I am good, Kat. How are you doing? I am doing very well. I actually, we we were talking just before I hit the record button that, so for everybody listening, if it sounds like we are sitting in our nice, quiet offices without a care in the world, but to record this podcast, I actually just grabbed lunch for my daughter who's homesick and kicked an iPad out of the way just so I could close the door and, you know, moved snacks and things out of the way. And, And you have a a knee surgery ridden husband who is trying to (laughs) wrangle your kids. (laughs) That is absolutely true. He just had knee surgery um, like less than two weeks ago. And we found out while he was having, the doctor came in to tell me while he was having surgery uh, that it was worse than they thought. So he's going to have to have surgery again this coming Tuesday. uh, And it's going to be much worse because it's an ACL surgery. So yes, I have my hobbling husband right now <laughs> taking care of our children so that I can hang out with you, Kat. Woohoo! <laughs> well, I know you're going to bring the awesome to this interview. And, you know, for everybody listening, it's probably crazy in your house. If it's not, call me because I want to interview you on the <laughs> podcast. But it's crazy in all of our houses. And uh, this show is really just about inspiring you in the process and to, to highlight those moments that are beautiful and to embrace this season of motherhood. Now, Brooke, for everybody listening, uh, what tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, absolutely. Uh, my name is Brooke McLaughlin, and I am one of the co-founders of the Mob Society. The Mob Society is an, an online uh, community for mothers of boys. We like to say that we help moms find chaos 
or excuse me, they find they've got the chaos. We like to we like to help them find delight in the chaos of raising boys. And um, so many moms nod their heads when we tell them that. But uh, I have two little boys myself. Their ages six and eight, and we homeschool them and um, love it. And uh, life is life is chaos, but we are trying to find the delight in it. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I just wrote a book called Praying for Boys asking God for the things they need most that I'm really excited about because prayer is such a a deep part of who God's made me to be. I love that. I I have a little boy. I have two girls and then I have a boy. And I feel like after my my two oldest are the girls. So I feel like I've got the girl thing. Well, not down, but you know, it's it's a pretty comfortable place for me because one, I'm a girl. Uh And then two, I've had girls for 11 and nine years. But my boy is a little bit more of a mystery for me. He's, (laughs) He's six. So I, I was actually I was really excited to get your book in the mail, and I'm really excited to go through it. I've, I've gone through it a little bit, and I'm excited just to to dive into it. And I wanted I'd love to know the story behind you writing it. What what started the whole thing? Well, you know, I think what started it for me is that my boys were born 23 months apart. Um, we we had asked if you read the book, you'll see that I I actually prayed before my husband and I were even married. We were dating, but we weren't married, weren't even engaged yet. I prayed and asked that God would give me boys. Um, I wanted to have the opportunity to raise men who were different um, than some of the men that I was seeing coming out of the church in those days and still today. Uh, and so I asked God to give me boys, and He obliged me. And um, so our boys were born twenty three months apart. Neither one of them were planned. It's just the way God did it, and it really knocked us for a loop. We, um, I, I went to bed the first two years of my youngest son's life. I went to bed more often than not in tears, um, just thinking that I was not, I had not been the kind of mom I wanted to be that day, and I wasn't sure that we were going to make it through that that first, you know, few years of having our boys that close together, and so I began to pray. Uh, because I wanted to do something. I felt like everything I thought I should be doing with them wasn't working. It wasn't producing what I hoped that it would produce in them. Um, I, I was trying everything I knew, but I it wasn't working. So I started praying because I wanted something actionable that I could do that would partner with God. I knew uh, from reading the Bible that you know, the, the area of the heart belongs to God. I can't change my son's hearts. Um, I can, you know, try to shape them and mold them, but turning a heart of stone to a heart of flesh is God's business. So I decided that praying God's word was probably one of the best things that I could do to partner with him in trying to reach the hearts of my sons because, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that his word never returns void. It never, it never doesn't accomplish what he wants it to. So that was, you know, it started with me. It started out in my own life um, and doing it with my own sons. And what I found was that not only did praying for them help them and and move in their hearts, but it also just really changed me and helped me have what I needed on a daily basis to keep my head above water. That's so good. I love how a lot of parenting books that we typically see, especially not in the Christian realm, uh-huh. ultimately kind of come down to controlling our children. Um, and, and and our success is dependent upon their behavior. Right. And so I love how you've brought it back. You know, as the more I've journeyed in this this 
uh, motherhood role, I've realized that motherhood is a lot less about my kids and a lot more about me. It, it, not in a selfish, not in a selfish way, but in the <laughs> sense of I, I find the more God refines me and the more He teaches me and the more I surrender to Him, the more successful I become as a mom. And oh, absolutely! That's so good. So, so did you just come up with things? What, what did you like pick topics based on things you were seeing in your in your sons, or was it just a vision for who they would become? How did you? come up with the scriptures that you you landed on? You know, I think it was probably both, Kat. I, um, you know, as a mother, I, we have this really intimate uh, window into the hearts of our children. We know them, you know, in most cases better than anybody else does. And I can see their areas of struggle, especially when they're little. You know, my kids are still fairly young, so I'm not going to speak for teenagers, but um, because they change things on us. But you know, when they're little, especially when you have what I like to call those boys, which I have two of them, um, they they wear their emotions on their sleeves, man. Like there's there's never a time when I don't know what's going on in their hearts because it's constantly coming out in their actions. So um, I, I know what's going on with them and I can see the areas where they need um, they need God to touch their hearts. And so I often will you know, just make a list of some of the areas that they're struggling in and and then go to God's word and try to find, figure out how to pray into those things. Um, and the more I did that, the more I realized that there were some patterns emerging, like there really do tend to be areas where boys struggle. And um, that's kind of how the areas that you see in the book came out, uh, that and then just watching, you know, boys for my whole life and watching the boys of my friends and, and that kind of thing. So I'd love to know, what have you seen a particular impact or a particular result, either in you or in your boys, or, or really if you have a story from both, I'd love to hear that, from this season of praying so specifically and diligently for your boys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went through a really hard season with our boys during the first part of 2012. Um, I mentioned before that we homeschool, and my youngest son in particular um, you know, we thought that my first son was strong-willed and then my second son came along and blew him right out of the water. <laughs> and uh, so he was in kindergarten that year and he very quickly, like within a couple months, grew really bored with his curriculum. And uh, what should have been this really sweet, playful first year of school for him just turned into a nightmare really quickly. He was tantruming every single time I mentioned that it was time to start school uh, every day was just this battle. And so somewhere right before Thanksgiving uh, that year, after another really horrible day, I sat down in my family room chair and I told God that I was giving up. Mm. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I'm not sure I really prayed anything that day much more specific than, God, what do I do? Is he ever going to learn to obey? Is he ever going to stop tantruming all the time? And, and I just sat there really in tears telling God that I was going to quit and he dropped the memory of a Bible story into my heart. And I opened my Bible and I reread that story. And God just met me there kind of, I mean, literally on the floor in my family room in this really powerful way. And I, I essentially felt like he was telling me that my boys needed someone to fight for them mm. and that he had chosen that person to be me. And so I heard him whispering to my heart that day, don't give up on him. He needs you not to give up on him. And so it wasn't like God gave me this specific answer to a specific prayer. I mean, there were some things that that changed as a result of that, but um, my heart had changed 
more than anything else. And I was encouraged to keep going. I felt like less of a failure and more like a fighter when it came to my sons. And um, I realized, you know, that God didn't want me to fight against them, but to fight for them. And so just that, that one kind of 30 minute little session has probably done more to energize me as a mom than, you know, anything else I've, I've done before and after. But it's just really being able to get down on your knees before the Lord and be honest about where your struggles are and say, God, this is what's happening. And I need you to meet me right here um, in the midst of our day-to-day lives. That is so powerful. I, I actually just wrote down that little quote, my boys needed someone to fight for them. And that person was me. That yeah. is, that's powerful. That's, that's inspiring. I think I get very inspired by sports and athletic analogies and just that, I don't know, that fist bump of, you know, fighting for our children. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, so to some people, it might sound really idealistic to, to pray for our children, scriptures, to pray every day, to take that time every day. A lot of moms just feel completely overwhelmed. And to take the time to spend God, even just to read the Bible, is overwhelming. Or maybe they don't know how to pray or it intimidates them, or, you know, just all these different things that keep so many moms from prayer. What are some simple steps that we can take to incorporate prayer into our everyday crazy lives? Well, I think that's a really great question, Kat, and I hear that a lot. Um, In fact, I have moms talk to me all the time about how they know they should pray and they want to pray, but in their already really crazy lives, they just feel like it's one more thing they need to check off their checklist. And And so it becomes something that they have to do rather than something that they really want to do. And it's much less meaningful for them that way. But I find that it's helpful to look at prayer as um, maybe maybe from a little bit different perspective than what we're used to. Uh, We are we tend to think of prayer as this thing where we have to get down on our knees on the floor and spend two hours with the Lord crying out. And, and, you know, I just mentioned a time just a minute ago where I did that for about 30 minutes. And those times will be a part of what we do in our parenting. Um, but, you know, we don't have to go get a babysitter every time we need to pray about something. And one of the <laughs> one of the really cool things that I've found that this kind of praying life reminds me of is that God is with us in our moments. And um, you, you don't have to shut the door to be able to pray. You don't have to go somewhere private to be able to pray. Um, you can cry out to God in that very moment, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and he says that he will bend down to listen to you. That's Psalm 116.2. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. And so it's helpful to me to remember that prayer can be this very um, easy thing for us. Just if you're having a hard day, just to pause and say, God, I need you to come. I need your help. I need you right now. If you're struggling with one of your boys, one of the best things that I can think of to do is to stop in the middle of whatever you're doing and put your head on or put your hands on their head and just say, God, help us, help us to love each other more than we love ourselves. Help us to glorify you in this moment. What does that look like, God? Change our hearts. You know, it's just in the moment, inviting God in, not, um, not worrying so much about, um, you know, making it perfect, but just taking, training yourself to think about it in the moment and inviting God into the moments of your day. I love that because if we're in the middle of some sort of power struggle with our kids, oftentimes it comes down to who's going to win. 
And, and that's kind of the mentality. Maybe it's just me, but you know, that's the kind of mentality that I think I can get into. But if I stop and I'm like, Lord, this is not about winning. This is about you and bringing you glory in the way that I love these children. This is about you and these children growing up to be people who bring you honor and glory. Help us to do that. And it, 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 it's like a timeout in the middle mm -hmm. of a basketball game that's going the wrong direction. It, it can just change the momentum and the feeling of a situation. And so I love that, that you share that, that right in the middle of the hard times, right in the very nitty gritty of it is when we need to stop and pray. Do you have any triggers, bracelets, things, anything that you do to remind you or that you did to remind you when you first started this process of of thinking to pray right in the middle? Because I know sometimes we can get so caught up in it, in the middle of the moment. And do you have any things that would help you to break out of that and remember to pray in the middle of the moment? I do. There's a couple that come to mind. When I first started trying to train myself to go to God and remember that he was there and that I had access to him 24 seven. Um, I began doing something I call praying on the hours and it's probably not something I invented, but it, I'm sure other people have done it uh, for centuries, but I began setting the alarm clock on my cell phone. And every time the uh, alarm would go off, I would pause and just pray for just a, I mean, nothing long, nothing elaborate, but just a minute or two, or maybe even just 30 seconds um, and sometimes I would do it out loud, especially if my boys were with me and we were in a situation where it was, you know, I wouldn't be thought crazy for doing it. <laughs> um, I would I would do that with them out loud. And that's something I really like to do with them as much as possible is pray out loud because I feel like it's training them to know how to talk to God and what's acceptable, you know, when and, and just how to how to pray. But um, I would just stop every hour on the hours and pray and ask God in you know, to just come and be a part of our day or that moment or whatever it looked like in that particular time. And then another thing I, I do, uh, do is if you come to my house, you will see sticky notes all over, um, all over the place. They're on my bathroom mirror. They're, um, they're at my desk in the homeschool room. They're in my uh, calendar. They're everywhere. And they're things that I just am praying for, not necessarily prayer requests, but things I'm asking God to do um, in my life, they might be quotes that have inspired me that I just really want to pray and say, God, do this in my heart or do this in the heart of my kids. Um, and then, I, you know, I have some prayer calendars as well that I have hanging up. The Mob Society has a, a prayer calendar for boys that goes out once a month at the beginning in our newsletter. And so um, I have that hanging in front of my desk that I can just stop at any point and, and pray whatever the prayer for the day is. Um, and I've typed out other prayers, scripture prayers that I have hanging outside of my boys' rooms. I just try to make it really visible so that wherever I go in my house, I can, if I want to, and if I feel inspired to, stop and just ask God to come and meet me. Mm, so good. Well, and you also in your book, you include a 21-day prayer guide for small groups. And I think that's another crucial element as well, just to have people that you're walking through the journey with. So it's not just me thinking, okay, I really want to be more conscientious about praying for my children every day. But if you have somebody that you're going through the whole journey with and learning with, you have somebody to be accountable to, you know, it could be something where two people text each other at certain times mm -hmm. during the day, just as a reminder, just as a, another way to inspire one another. Um, so I'd like, you mentioned earlier the particular challenges of, of raising boys and, and themes that you saw in your sons and in friends' sons and in just the boys that you've known in your life. What are some of those challenges and themes that you've seen? Well, you know, one of the ones that is the most important to me is heart change. Um, I believe that 
you know, everything, um, everything follows heart change. God tells us that, you know, our hearts are the wellsprings of life and, and that we, um, you know, what comes out of our, our heart is what we see in our actions. So that's one of the most important things that I like to pray for with my boys, because I truly believe that if their knees are ever to bend to Jesus as Savior, their hearts have to bend first. And so, um, you know, my boys are young. Again, I'm trying to pray for them. I, I want them to be saved. So that's one of the most important things that I pray for is heart change. I also pray uh, for obedience because we're still in that training level. And that's something that I think will serve them really well for a lifetime because they will always be responsible to someone um, in their lives. I pray a lot for them to overcome their fears because I want to raise strong men. Um, I want to raise leaders. Not necessarily, you know, my goal is not necessarily to raise the next president of the United States, but I want them to be able to be a leader in their home and in their jobs. And and I want them to, to know who they are in Christ. So I pray a lot that God would help them to overcome their fears. I pray for uh, God to work in the area of integrity as well in my boys. I want them to be who they say they are across the board, and I want them to have pure hearts in that area. So those are some of the maybe main ones that I really like to pray for. I also um, love to pray for God to, to make my boys wise. Um, I don't want to raise foolish boys. I want to raise wise boys. So that's another area that that um, comes right off the top of my head that I can think of that I, I think is something that's important to pray for all of our boys. I love that. So I'm curious to know, I haven't written a book. I write a blog and I do a podcast, but even still, every now and then I'm like, like I recently um, saw that in my search results that if you search for how to be a patient mom, uh, one of my blog posts on my blog and then two other guest posts that I wrote elsewhere come up on the first page of Google. And I thought, oh my, <laughs> oh my, and may, that makes me feel like maybe I need to be a more patient mom. So, uh, you know, I feel that pressure sometimes of wanting to make sure that I'm coming across authentically Mm -hmm. in everything that I do. Was it scary for you to write a book about praying for your sons when, you know, sons are, are unpredictable, at least mine is. And, you know, does that feel intimidating to you to have written the book? And how did you walk through that? Um, it was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done in my whole life. Yes. <laughs> um, I, you know, my boys aren't perfect. And I think I even wrote in the book somewhere, maybe towards the end, that but I really wanted moms to know that just because I had written a book about raising and praying for boys didn't mean that my boys needed Jesus any less than anybody else's boys. Mm. And um, they're little boys. I don't want anyone to look at our family and think that just because I've written this book about you know boys that I have it all together or that I know everything there is to know, or even that my boys are going to turn out exactly the way I hope they will, because they probably won't. They're going to go through life and they're going to have issues and they're going to have struggles and they're going to sin. And so, um, you know, it's, it was really scary to me because I, I didn't want the pressure of mom having written this book to affect them in a negative way. Um, and so my husband and I prayed through that and struggled through that a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm really over that. It's something I've given to God and I'm going to trust him because I believe that, you know, I believe he asked me to write this message uh, because I really do believe that he wants to see a generation of moms on their knees for their sons. I, I really believe that it's um, such an important part of the battle for the hearts of our sons that, that we don't get right all the time or that we forget, you know, we forget how important it is. Um, so I just have to work through that and paddle my way through that. 
because it's that important. And I'm going to trust God to you know, take care of my boys along the way. Well, and it's such a great example, too, of being brave, because all of us as moms, whether we've ever written a book or a blog or ever done anything, anywhere, even when we're at Target or when we're at Walmart, we want to be perceived as a good mom. Mm-hmm. And I think for you to, to write this book and to be brave and to, to, to share your story and your heart and your passion for prayer, even in the midst of your boys being young and, you know, they're not going to do everything perfectly, it is a great example to all of us to, you know, just be brave and, and, and say, you know, I have something to share. I have something that can help people, that can help other moms. And even in my imperfection, I want to share that and I want to kind of shatter that perfect image that moms feel like that they need to have. Um, and I, I actually was watching sports, ironically, the other day. <laughs> and I, I went to Baylor University, and there's a Baylor basketball player. And uh, he recently revealed that he uh, can't see in one eye. And he's one of the top players in the country. And he actually has a prosthetic eye, which is kind of scary for for him as a basketball player, because obviously you need depth perception and all of that stuff. Um and when he had the original injury in junior high, he was obviously very scared about what his future sports career could look like. And he went up to his mom and he said, hey, you know, he kind of shared this with her. And she was like, baby, you can either make this your excuse or you can make it your story. Mm-hmm. And I, that just struck me so deeply. And, you know, for you, you could have made your fears your excuse, but instead you made it your story. And so for everybody listening, whatever that excuse is that you feel like is trying to keep you from from praying, oh, well, I'm I'm too busy right now, or I don't really know what to say, or I'm kind of afraid to, don't make it your excuse. Make it your your story. So that maybe someday you're on the podcast and I'm interviewing you about the book that you wrote about raising your kids. So I love that you kind of broke that, broke that image and that barrier for us, Brooke. Um, So for all the moms listening right now, maybe they're about to put down their headphones and go wake up their kids from a nap or tackle the rest of the day. What fist bump would you give them (laughs) to go and and, um, seize the day, to go and be awesome moms and and really take on the rest of the day? You know, I think it's just the knowledge, Kat, that God is with you right now. We get so busy that we forget that He is he wants to be this intimate part of our lives that we that, that we can invite him to come and intersect with our lives and intersect with the, the hearts of our sons or our daughters right this moment. We have access to him whenever we need him. So you don't have to feel lost and you don't have to feel like you're alone and you don't have to feel like nobody sees you because the God of the universe who gave his son for you, he sees you and he hears your prayers for your kids and for yourself. Love it. Love it. Brooke, where can we find you online and where can we get your book? You can find me uh, at themobsociety.com. That's T-H-E-M-O-B-S-O-C-I-E-T-Y.com. Um, you can also find me at my personal blog, with, which is just brookmclaughlin.com. It's M-C-G-L-O-T-H-L-I-N. Do you spell and that all the time? I do all the time. <laughs> we gave our boys really, really easy first names because they will be spelling their last names for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Um, so you can find me there and you can get the book wherever books are sold, but you can also find more out more information about it at prayingforboys.com. Awesome. Brooke, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you sharing your heart and your wisdom and your inspiration with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Kat. Cool. Thanks.
Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in.